the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. It's Friday, everybody. Good to be with you today. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about today, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 on the Pastor Scott Show. We talk about news from a Christian perspective. On Fridays, we'll talk about the things that are on your mind. You want to comment about the news? Maybe there is a show you didn't quite get through. We didn't get your call earlier this week, or maybe you got a Bible question that you want to ask. Today's the day, 888-528-2557. You can call... Now, there are lots of stories in the news. Tony Bennett, singer Tony Bennett, passed away earlier today. The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome. He, uh, Tony Bennett is a singer. That's, uh, is that, that's the beginning of I Left My Heart in San Francisco. His famous song that he's known for, of course. He performed, he was 96, 96 years old. He performed for every president from Dwight Eisenhower to Barack Obama. Like every one of them. He actually performed at the White House in between. That's how long. 96 years is a long time. He was born, um, where is it? August 3rd, August 3rd, 1926 in Queens, New York. He was born Anthony Dominic Benedetto. I thought there's some some things about his story. A great article, actually, obituary about him in the Washington Post today. And, you know, I think there's something that we can learn other than, you know, great singer, very gifted guy. Obviously, many of you uh, might have listened to him. I remember my parents listening to him, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid. And they probably still listen to him. His first hit was in 1951, and his last hit was with Lady Gaga in uh, 2021. That's amazing. Uh, quite a career. But here's the thing I think that I found interesting that I didn't realize is that his career faltered in the 1960s and 70s. And partly that's because, you know, the music changed. You probably noticed that if you were around. Somebody called uh, a little while ago who uh, was frustrated that her oldies station keeps playing songs, you know, from the 90s and early 2000s. And I had to say, you know, sorry to say uh, that uh, that's that's the oldies today. You know, if you're looking for Tony Bennett oldies, uh, gosh, is there even a station? Uh, Josh, uh, Josh is uh, producing our show today. Is there a station that plays stuff from the 50s and 60s anymore? Unfortunately, right now, no, there's not. And I'm surprised no public stations, which have a wide variety of music, don't have like a specialty show to feature the pop standards. It's probably a podcast or something. Of course, now it's different. You've got digital music, uh, if you understand how to operate that, right? 
uh, you can go get whatever you want. That's a that's a new thing too about our era today is that, and that's something that people ultimately found with Tony Bennett is that young people today are listening to Tony Bennett, but they can just download it and they can download the songs they want and that's how it works. But during that time when his career faltered, he re- he did something that I think is interesting. He refused to sing music that he thought was beneath his talents. And that's probably a uh, that's probably a comment, you know, that is uh, you know about what the music was like and then you were going, "Oh, I like the music in the 70s." Well, you know, there's certain styles that are probably not coming back. Although there's there's some good stuff right in the in the seventies that was there, but you know as far as talent and uh, music, there's a few people who rise to certain levels. Frank Sinatra actually said Tony Bennett's the best singer there is. Anyway, his career uh, faltered because he didn't want to change. You know, some people they're able to change their style and hang around for a while, right? So you've got your uh, you know Madonna does did that. She's still kind of around. Um, and you know, you see a few people do that, but most people can't transcend the changes in culture. Uh, and he didn't, and he refused to sing and, uh, his career kind of tanked for a while. And, but there was still a remnant of people listening to him, but I didn't know this. This is something that I thought maybe would be maybe worth understanding is that he went through a period that was very difficult. Okay, his he was married a couple of times. The second marriage was falling apart. This is according to the Washington Post today. He was deeply in debt, and I, and I and I think this is interesting for all of us to hear because we go through stuff in our life, right? Every person, just because he's you know rich and famous and he's got the song and he left his heart in San Francisco and other stuff, doesn't mean he doesn't have something personal going on. That's just the same as the rest of us. He was deeply in debt. He developed a dependency on drugs, some hard stuff too, cocaine and other stuff. I didn't know that. And one of his two sons, Danny, according to the Washington Post, checked out his finances and realized that he was in deep trouble. He wasn't paying his taxes. He had multiple failed business ventures. And that was a, a rough spot. And I didn't know that. And it's not to run him down. It's to, it's to say, you know what? He went through it. And uh, and he he came through, and his sons and some people helped him get out of that, off the drugs and other stuff, and he rebuilt his career, including uh, a special on MTV back when um, MTV stands for Music Television. You you probably don't know that if you're younger, but they used to have music on that station, and it was rock station, you know, rock music. I remember when that started. I was a I was a kid. I remember watching it. I don't think I was allowed to. Maybe my parents didn't even know it was a thing. I think that's what it was. We had cable. And suddenly there's MTV. I watched it come on the air, and you had the the you know that uh, guy in the uh, guy in the moon. Dun, 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 you know, and it came on, and video killed the radio star, and all of that. I remember staying home one night and watching Michael Jackson's Thriller video. You know, there was a there was a time where MTV had music, and Tony Bennett was a part of it. Listen to this. Whenever skies look gray to me. And trouble begins to brew Whenever the winter winds become too strong I want my MTV It doesn't sound like TV It doesn't look like TV It doesn't even feel like TV Sure you love TV But sometimes you gotta ask yourself TV or MTV I want my MTV There it was, uh, Tony Bennett uh, I want my MTV Not exactly the Dire Straits version 
Uh, but that was the thing that you would say to your cable company back then. I want my MTV. You know, you didn't have apps. You just had radio and TV and cable, and you wanted them to, to carry that. Um, unfortunately, MTV went down the tubes pretty quickly after that into some other things. And not, is there any music on there, uh, Josh? Do you even know? No, it's not music anymore. All these reality shows, which are the most fake thing, things in the world. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the direction of, of uh, music. Well, he brought a lot of stuff back. In fact, uh, at the end of his career, even as a guy in his uh, late 70s and 80s, he started doing uh, more performances and more hits, even with some of the singers who are around today. And, you know, I think some of that is it says something about him. You know, he didn't want to lower his his musical talent. And uh, I understand that. But I think there's also something to be said about connecting with a younger audience and connecting with young people. If you're older, there is some something to say about saying, you know what, it's more important for me to connect with people who are younger and to give them something a little bit more wholesome or give them a, a sense of history, a, a sense of accomplishment um, than it is for me to just kind of just stay out of it and gripe about it and gripe about whatever the next generation is doing. And I think that's I think that's a good thing. So there's a whole lot of different people he sang with Lady Gaga, John Mayer, uh, Michael Buble, Aretha Franklin is on there, Cheryl Crow, Willie Nelson, Queen Latifah, Nora Jones, Josh Groban, Natalie Cole, Andre Baselli, uh, Faith Hill, uh, Carrie Underwood, Mariah Carey. I mean, those are, you don't get bigger than that in this era, right? I mean, none of those people are as big, really, as... Uh, as Tony Bennett. I mean, some of them had huge careers. I mean, Willie Nelson, he's what, 175? He's still around. Just turned 90 this year. 90 years old for that guy. Um, anyway, you know, I, I went through this and, you know, I'm not entirely sure. The article I read uh, and stuff I read, it doesn't say, you know, much about his faith. I'm not really sure, um, you know, where he is. But there's something, I think, about not giving up. There's a couple of things that I just took from what I've been reading about him today is to get to a point where you are on the top of the world and then suddenly everything falls apart and everything, you know, becomes you become in a place where maybe you've got a drug problem or maybe you've got your marriage is falling apart and your relationship with kids, your relationship with other people aren't well, your career is falling apart. You know, that's not something anything wants, anybody wants. But it is something that you can recover from. It is something that you can go through and come to the other side. Most of the time, you know, or a lot of the time, particularly when we're talking about drugs and some things, uh, this happens because you put your faith in God. This happens because you realize that there's something more important. I don't know, so I'm not really sure where he is with that. Maybe some of you know. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you would like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And, you know, in thinking about his life, you know, the idea that he connected then with younger people and connected with and was able to share his story, that's a big thing. Have you done something in your life where you've realized, you know what, I can actually make a difference in a younger person's life. And you don't have to be an old person to think that. You can be 25 and make a difference in a 15-year-old's life, right? There, there are, whatever age you're in, I think there is something vital about passing on what you know. It's not, it's not your job, I think, spiritually to fill somebody else's cup, but I think it is our job to pour ours out. 
Does that make sense? It's our job to not hold what we've got. And we pour out our cup. We pour out what, what God has done, the good and the bad. The things that in our, in our life that we know we're proud of, certainly we, we like to tell those stories. But there's an awful lot of good that comes when we talk about how we screwed up and how we made it through um, tragedies, whether they're our own you know, things that we brought upon ourselves or things that happen to us because of other people or just because of uh, bad weather or, or other tragedies. It is a critical thing, I think, for us to be able to share our life that way. So I, I found that uh, to be something in his life that was uh, worthy of, of talking about. Certainly Washington Post thought they should write about that. I didn't know all of that uh, about Tony Bennett. And uh, I thought that's good. Have you had that situation in your life when you are able to share with young people? I'm in that role now all the time, right? Some of you are uh, much younger, and uh, hopefully you're getting something out of the things that I've got to say. And some of you are older, and I'm hearing stuff from you. You call up, and we, we do that. In fact, every time you call this show. And uh, by the way, if you call in today, I've got some books to give away and some other things. So you can, uh, you know, it's all kind of random how that works. But the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's open line Friday. And uh, whenever we, there's our music. When we do that, that means you can talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. 888-528-2557 is the number. What are the things that you would pass on to the next generation, whatever generation that is? What do they need to know? I think that's incredibly valuable. Did you know that in the book of Leviticus, there is a passage that talks about how uh, the the priests at the time are supposed to uh, retire essentially when they're 50 and spend the rest of their uh, priesthood investing in the younger priests at at 50 years old. That's the, the age that Leviticus... Uh, specifically says. And, you know, it, it is, there is something about that, I think, even for pastors where you realize, you know what, I can start to communicate with the younger generation and they're going to deal with different things in the church than uh, you had to do if you're a little bit older. They're going to deal with, with different subjects in a different culture and all of that. But there's a lot of things that are the same. There's something that is the same about people the fact that people need salvation, the fact that people need Jesus Christ, the fact that people will struggle in life, the fact that people are looking for meaning or they are looking for uh, validation, they are looking for purpose and meaning. That's as old as human beings, that whole sense that we have. And I think that's because God has put eternity in our hearts. God has put something in our hearts that strives for what is important, that strives for things that have great meaning, things that that say, hey, you know what, I'm worth something, and I'm not just dust in the wind, as the old song says. I matter, and that matters a lot. And the, the thing is, is that you find out that that meaning comes ultimately from your place with the Lord, that the creator of the universe knows who you are and uh, will... Uh, and knows who you are and wants to be a part of your life. 
it's a it's a really incredible thing. And I'm thinking of that because you know there's another interesting story in the news, right? Uh, there's a billion dollar lottery ticket that supposedly somebody is walking around with. Have you? Uh, do you have a, a billion dollar lottery ticket in your pocket right now? One billion dollars in your pocket. One point zero eight billion dollars. Several states participate in Powerball, but only one ticket in the entire country matched all six numbers drawn Wednesday night. The winner has the option of choosing one lump sum of about $560 million before federal taxes. That's uh, that's a lot of money that the government gets, but you're still in there with, you know, a cool uh, $500 million. What would you do with $500 million? Have you thought about that? And the scary thing is I think people think that they're going to find meaning with that. You, you know, do you think it'll change your life? But it, you know, lottery winners, it often changes their life for the for the worst part. Well, the interesting thing about this prize, this billion dollar prize is it was the ticket was won at a shop in Dan- downtown LA, not too far from Skid Row. The California lottery says it won't know the winner until that person comes forward to claim the prize. We do know the magical piece of paper was sold at Las Palmitas mini market in downtown Los Angeles. The owners are also winners, set to receive a bonus of $1 million from the state lottery. That's a pretty cool thing. That The owners get a $1 million. And you ever drive down there in downtown L.A. in the Garment District? You know, very crowded traffic. It's a different world, really. Whenever I do the Scott Furrow tour of L.A., that's part of the tour, right? It's an amazing thing to go from uh, these different sections of Los Angeles that are so close together. And this is right next to Skid Row. And it got me thinking that maybe a homeless person won it. I guess it's possible. I don't think likely, but I think it is possible that there's a homeless person wandering around with a billion dollars or 500 million after taxes uh, in his pocket. Uh, this is the, uh, the, but the owner gets that million dollars. That's pretty good for that shop. Here's the owner. Oh, a little vacation. A little vacation. <laughs> He's going to go on a little vacation. You know what I would do, Josh, if I won a billion dollars, $500 million. The, the first thing I think I would do is uh, put my cell phone on auto pay. I feel like I wouldn't have to worry about that probably for, for a while. Uh, that's the first thing I would do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I can do that with my, uh, my electric bill, though. I still probably can't afford it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it is life-changing. He's going to go on vacation. Good for him. He also said he would invest it in his business. Here's his... Uh, uh, I think this is his daughter or his niece. <laughs> and when we see the cameras and see a lot of news here, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on that side? So that's when we realized that it was true, you know? That's pretty cool. Good for them. So, you know, they get a little bit. The uh, ticket has not officially been cashed in, but there was a woman outside who came in and claimed that she's the winner. Uh, but it's not official. Uh, David James and I here in uh, KKLA in Los Angeles, uh, we we wrote... Andy Bales over at the uh, Union Rescue Mission. And we said, hey, uh, Andy, you uh, buy any lottery tickets? Have you checked your numbers? Wouldn't it be cool if uh, Andy Bales won that? Uh, and uh, he says he didn't play. It's not him, you know, not him at all. And uh, so the story is that uh, a woman go in, you can watch this on video, but she goes in and she kind of starts getting ecstatic and screaming. And then she ran down the sidewalk, ran away from all the media that's there. There's tons of media down there. And jumped in a BMW and rode away. Uh, So nobody knows if this is the real winner or if it's just somebody who is putting on a show. One of the things that the lottery says is it will be 
months before they confirm the winner. So if you've got that ticket and you go in and you cash it in and you, they, I think they give you like a little stipend out of it, but then the rest of it's investigation because they want to know, did you, is the ticket for real? Is there going to be any controversy? You know, the guy who won $2 billion last year, also in Los Angeles, uh, took him a long time. And then he went out and bought a bunch of houses. And now somebody's suing him saying, no, he stole the ticket from me, which I don't think is true. I think that's, but that's one of the experiences that people have. And it gets back to this idea that, you know, if you're looking for meaning in your life and you think it's going to be money, you think it's going to be all of a sudden you have all of this stuff. It it changes your life, not necessarily for the good. Like you get to have a place where you you don't have to worry about things, you know, at least for a while. People blow it. You know, how do you blow a billion dollars? You know what? People will find a way to blow it. To In fact, the average lottery winner is broke within three to five years completely broke like the the jackpot winners they they spend it all here's something on my mind with that uh what advice would you give to to that person 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 you know i would i would expect that if that woman is the winner or if it's somebody else who has figured it out do you go in right away what do you do and what if you're a person who doesn't has never had big money like most of us, I don't think we would really know what to do with it. What you can't put it in a bank account. The, uh, you know, the FDIC won't cover it. They'll cover you for two hundred thousand dollars. What are you going to have? You know, a, you know, a thousand bank accounts. Uh, you know, what do you do with it? How do you make sure you don't get robbed? How do you protect yourself? You are suddenly, you are suddenly under attack. You are suddenly the world's most wanted person. You're going to have relatives all of a sudden that you've never heard of asking you for money. You're going to have businesses and nonprofits and all kinds of people. It's a whole different life. What advice would you give a person who just won a, a, a billion dollars? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. It's Open Line Friday. Pastor Scott Show. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. 888-528-2557. What advice would you give uh, that lottery person? What would you do? If you had that money, like you would, you would hopefully you do the wise thing to put it away, but what would you spend it on? What would you do? We'll take your calls now, 800 or 888-528-2557. Don't dial 800, you'll get somebody else. 888 is the number, 888-528-2557. This is Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with your calls as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. You can call about anything you want, 800 or 8. Why do I keep saying that today? It's 888 888- 888-528-2557, A couple of things we've been talking about. One of them is, uh, what advice would you give this lottery winner who is somebody who bought it at a shop in the Garment District in downtown Los Angeles? Could be a homeless person, for all we know. Not too sure yet. And, uh, you know, what would you buy if you, what would you do if you suddenly had a billion dollars? 888-528-2557. Rachel in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, good Friday. Yes. So we talked about this at work, 
and um, I was too late to buy it, but my coworkers bought it, and of course they said, "Oh, don't worry, if we win, we'll take care of yeah, you." Yeah, that never happens, got, by the way. When that I happens, know, I know. I yeah. thought the same thing too. I thought, <laughs> yeah, right. But anyways, um, we talked about it. You know what they would do, and it was really interesting to hear everybody's. Um, you know, one said, "I." I'd buy my own private island with a big moat and put alligators all around it so nobody could bother me. That's what she said. <laughs> you have to have you have to have alligators. I think that's important. Yeah, I, I said no. That that wouldn't hold it. They'd come. They'd kill your alligators. Get to you. <laughs> you know, your pets would be dead. It, it's horrible. Um, personally, I I said, and and I still think this is first thing I would do is I would I would get rid of half of it. You know, it's too much. And, and you're right. You know, you like you you would give it away. Absolutely. I would donate to your show, first of all, to every other show that has helped me in my walk. I would donate to the to the homeless, to the prisons. I, I would just donate most of it and only keep enough that I could live comfortably for me and my family. And when I say family, I mean my brothers and sisters, and we have a, I have a big family, mm-hmm. and I would get them invested and create jobs for them in, in real estate. You, you know, know, so everybody would still you know. have work, but, you know, but, but, but have you know, something to, to, to um, uh, keep in the family, real estate. You know, I think that we have, I think those are really good things, right, to to think about it. It's interesting. What I think about is, and I'm not out there buying lottery tickets, right, but if I did, uh, you know, it's, uh, and would I really do it, right? Would I really give half of it away? I think God knows that in our hearts, right? Would I really do it? Would I, I think I would. I, yeah. yeah, because I don't want the problems, and there's I don't a, need that. There's I mean, a lot they, of problems. You can't spend that. My yeah, thought. There's a lot, and, yeah. Go ahead. And you, you know, know what? Sorry, go ahead. That's all right. I'm talking over you. You know, it's interesting to me, too, that you talk about it at work. I think people talk about this. What would they do if they won that? It's a fun conversation. We talk about it all the time. Oh, yeah. We always talk about it. Yeah. And some of them have just these, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd move to France and all these great things. But, yeah, I just I just really think that the more you have this, the more problems it's going to create. And, um, you know, it'd be great just to pay off your bills, pay off your house, invest in some real estate, support my family. And then, um, yeah, just. And I would, I would want to do that right away before yeah. I change my mind. Right? Well, the, yeah, I think the smart thing is you donate a lot, and then you, you could set your, your family up for generations with a billion dollars. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. All right, Rachel. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for calling Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Maybe you could buy the Anaheim Angels. What are they going for? Are they for sale? There must be some price. Uh, the Mar- Miami Marlins were for sale a little while ago for just under a billion dollars. I guess you could buy a baseball team, you know, with it. Uh, think about how many, uh, you know, coffee drinks you could buy with that. You could like go into every coffee shop you go into and just buy everybody a coffee. I, for sure, I would do that. You know, that would be like a thing for me. Just everybody's a coffee. You know, in some places though, if you're buying those foo foo drinks, that billion dollars will go away pretty fast. Uh, if you go into, uh, of course, you you can buy zero of them over at the McDonald's because the machine's broke. But otherwise, you can, ah, I'm just joking about the machine. That's just the joke. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. The lottery is something that they claim goes to the schools, you know, about $80,000, did they say, or 800000 Some big amount of money, you know, goes to 80%. I think it's eighty percent goes to the schools um, of your of your is it two dollars 
or one dollar. Used to be a dollar for. T- I think it's two dollars now. I think you gotta you gotta shell out a whole two dollars for that. Uh, the odds of winning the lottery are are very bad. That you actually have the a better chance of getting struck by a meteor than winning the lottery. Did you know that? I had to look that up. I couldn't believe that to be true. The uh, you know how many people are getting hit? People win the lottery, so are people getting hit by meteors? Apparently, they are. And you know, whenever you see a shooting star, right, that's something coming through the atmosphere. Well, pieces of that rock land on people once in a while. It's a weird thing. Have you ever been hit by a meteor? I'd love to hear your story. 888-528-2557. I know there are people that you, you want to get hit by a meteor. That's not really very nice, but there are people who do that. Uh, 888-528-2557. You know, when it comes to meaning in life, I think one of the things, one of the tests, like would you really give it away? Would you actually, you know, if you got that money, some huge amount of money, would you actually support charity stuff? A lot of people do, but it's surprising how many people don't. I mean, even with that huge amount of money, what do you what do you need that for? You know, and they don't. That's why we're we're joking about uh, somebody Andy Bales or somebody at the rescue mission down there buying the ticket. But I, you know, what would be awesome is if somebody who has been staying at the rescue mission and has just got their life back together and then they get it and they do give it. They give it to the rescue mission. They give it to a bunch of stuff. You can start a foundation. You can do all kinds of things with it. I feel like if God wants to use you for something like that, if he, know, he knows your heart well enough to know if you do it. My youth pastor growing up prayed to God and he has a great testimony. He passed away actually a little while ago, but he had this great testimony. And he said, I prayed to God that I would win the lottery. And he was stressed. He had a bunch of kids and you know he was just really, you know, a lot of the reason people buy, a lot of people who buy lottery tickets are people who should not be spending the money on lottery tickets because you don't have the money. But there's a desperation that goes behind it, right? It's not fun for everybody. For some people, it's just fun. But for some people, it's, dear God, please help me. I know that you're, many of you are praying that prayer. And he prayed that prayer. He said, and he promised God that he would give half to the church if he won half. And you know what? He won $60,000. And he, his testimony after that was how much he struggled and how much he wanted to take that prayer back. How his initial thought was, well, I was only kidding about that. I wasn't very serious, you know, to God. And how he really struggled with God. And he did. He gave the (laughs) 30,000. And it's, I laugh because it's, when he tells it, He's kind of, he was this guy who was kind of cynical and just the way he told it, you know, he's just shaking his head going, but I, I did it. I made a promise to God and then I got it and I won. And uh, 30,000 helped his family. He needed it. And the 30,000 helped the uh, church that he was in. Um, that's, I think, the big test there for stuff like this. You know, it could be an inheritance. It could be other ways that you, you get, you know, you win, you know, what, and that's something to examine your heart. You ask God. It's a it's a great prayer, even just for today. God, if if somehow I were to uh, run into a whole bunch of money, what would would is my heart really in a place where I would use it to benefit others in the name of Christ? Would I be generous, or would I keep all of it? Right? Would I be generous, or would I just keep most of it, even though I don't need all that? Right. And my family doesn't need all that. You know, that's that's an interesting prayer to really examine your heart. You know, what is it? Where's your value? I find that in, in in all my years of ministry, that the people who seem for whatever reason lucky 
they win lotteries or they get big inheritances or money just falls in their lap for some reason. There's always a windfall. I know a guy, two people who are not in his family gave him, gave him their house when they died because they they either didn't have family to give it to or they didn't have a good relationship with their family, so they gave it to this guy. And you know why I think that is? It's because this guy gave away like 90% of the money. We're talking about California property, okay, like million dollars. So twice this happened to him. Imagine that. Imagine just one day suddenly you find out, oh, somebody gave me their house for some reason, and it's paid for. I don't have any debts. I can just sell it and take the money. You know, that's like the lottery, right? This happened to this guy twice. And before this ever happened, he was just this generous guy just and gives away so much. And I think that's why it happens. I can't prove that, but I think the reason it happens is because God uses this guy and his generosity to do amazing things for ministries. And, you know, that's a big part of uh, what's on our heart, right, is that, hey, I got all this. It's not for me. Uh, I think he bought himself a car one time with it, and he tried to, you know, but justify that. I'm like, don't worry about it. People need cars. Glad you got a car. Uh, and uh, there's a, there's a piece of this right in our heart. You know, do you think your heart is telling your head the truth about what you would do? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It's open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Jackie and Compton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Jackie. Um, this is, yeah, I was talking with, about this yesterday. And See, every, everybody's comment, talking about it, right? It's a, yeah, it's a thing. Yes, yes, and I actually, it's, it's weird that you brought up the union mission, because I said to myself, and then you asked, would I really do it? And I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, I would really do it, because it's in my heart, and once I say it, God is going to hold me responsible. So I would give half of it to the union mission because I do have a heart for the homeless people because I've been in that position. So that was the first thing, honestly, that I thought of yesterday, that I would give half to the union mission because I love what they do. I love how they help people get off the drugs and they talk about the Lord. So that would be my first thing. My second thing would be um, I've never had the opportunity to own a house. I've always rented, and I have seven grandchildren, three children. So I would like to have a home that they would be able to come to and 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 just feel like it's theirs whenever they need it. Open doors, it would that would be my heart. And the other thing would be for my grandchildren, set up trust funds for them. But that that's really in my heart. And you know why I called you? Because my grandson asked me when he heard the show, and I told him, he says, why don't you call? Why don't you say something? So he actually wants to say hi to you. His name is um, Abraham, and he's um, nine years old. No, ten. He just turned ten. Can he say hi to you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, say hi, buddy. Hi. Hey, Abraham, how are you? Good. Yeah? And you? I'm doing great. Thank you for listening to the show. Tell him what you want to say about baseball, what you want to be. I want to be a baseball player. You do? What position yeah. do you play? Um, I play back catcher, um, pitcher, and short. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Baseball is great. I wanted to be a baseball player when I grew up. Uh, and you I would, did? I sure did. I, I wanted to be a baseball player, and uh, I fully expected to be on the Dodgers one day. Whoa! I, 
I like the Dodgers too. Yeah. Well, you keep working at it, right? And you just develop your skill, but whatever you do with it, have fun because baseball is a great game. Okay. And it's all about the fun, and God's going to, uh, you know, take you in a direction that he wants you to go in, so trust God with it, and whatever you do with okay. baseball, you you do it like everything else. You do it as unto unto the Lord, and I know your grandma can Very teach cool. you about that, and you just play Very the best cool. you can, but make sure you have fun. Baseball is fantastic. Okay. Abraham, <laughs> n- nice to meet you. Thank you so much for talking to him. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jackie. Thank you. you guys have okay. a great day. All right, I gotta take I gotta take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. It's open line Friday. We'll take your call on any subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh Mary, I see your call, and others will get your call as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. All right, that's Tony Bennett passed away today. Talking about going from rags to riches and that uh, great old song. That's what we're talking about as the lottery is going to pay out a billion dollars to somebody and then the government's going to get 500 million of it and then that person gets to keep 500 million of it what would you do with that 888-528-2557 mary and van eyes welcome to the pastor scott show thank you for taking my call hi mary and hello i'm just i've prayed about this before because makers were where it was the lottery was won a couple of years ago. I thought I was in the hospital at the time. My gosh, what if my son bought that ticket? But he didn't. And I thought and thought and thought, I am so materialistic. I see a car on TV. I want that car. Mm. I see clothes. I want that. Our God is so good. He sees in my heart. He knows what I do. So he doesn't let me get rich. <laughs> you know what? I think what you're saying is absolutely true about that, that God knows what's in our heart, right? Exactly. And, and the truth is, is that most people, when they win the lottery, I was looking this up, 70% of people who win the lottery are are bankrupt in a couple of years. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. That's what I have and, and another one other thing, it's totally off the subject, but have you ever heard of the feminine voice of God? Uh, no, I've not heard of that. It's supposedly in the Torah. It's true. It's The first word is Bach. I'm trying to learn Hebrew. I'm half Jewish. So I'm at the age of 72. I'm trying to learn Hebrew now. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the other word, but uh, I'm gonna somehow I've got to find out about this because you're supposed to listen to the voice carefully. There was one person, Leonard Cohen, who mentioned it, and he was on a on a spiritual search, mm. and I believe I will see him in heaven. Well, when I look when I look it up real quick, you got to be careful with things about hearing the voice of God and things like that, because what this is about is a it's a you know how languages often have male and female you know 
uh, gender tenses, right? So Hebrew has that. So there's Hello? there's a. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, I think I lost you there. But hold, hold on, I'll let you. Uh, I'll give the answer here. Uh, there is the idea that there is what's called the daughter of a voice in the Hebrew, uh, and I don't know how you know straight up this is like I'm you know I'm not I'm just googled it here really quick, but the idea is that it refers to something that's proclaiming the will or divine judgment in a legal dispute, like in the idea of you know you probably would find it in the Torah, like you said, um, but I'd be careful about applying that to an argument either way about, you know, gender issues with God or whether or not a woman can be in leadership or those kinds of things. It's not relevant. It's relevant in the Hebrew language, and there's going to be some depth to it when it comes to why the Hebrew is written that way in the Torah that has a great meaning. And it's probably something in the realm of, you know, sometimes we refer to things as as a, a he or a her, right? We refer to a ship as a she. You know, when she sets sail, nobody ever says when he sets sail, but the ship is really not either, right? Or if you have a, you know, a gnat flying around the house and uh, you say, you know, where did it go? Well, you know, you might say it, but you also might say, well, he went over there. Well, you haven't taken the time or the equipment to determine whether it's a he or a she, but you usually say he in that case. You don't say she, but you're not really saying it in the in the case of we want to say what the gender is, right? Uh, so just be careful with that kind of study. I think it's good to study in those kinds of ways, but don't miss the, you know, don't get distracted, I should say, by things that either we're not sure about or things that don't actually impact the meaning of the text for our life. Uh, or that take us down a road of controversy that really doesn't matter. Uh, and there's an awful lot of controversy that at the end of the day, if Jesus were to come on the show and tell us exactly what it is, it would make no difference as far as our uh, making disciples and probably little difference in our own growth. And what you said about the lottery, though, is, uh, Mary, is great. The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557, open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about today, the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Uh, 70% of people who win the lottery are broke in a couple of years, 70%. And what happens to you when you when you win the lottery? Uh, the chances are one in 300 million. Uh, that's incredible odds. It's it's inc- And that, by the way, means don't play the lottery. Your chances of winning are so tiny, so incredibly tiny, that, you know, you, you're you just blowing the money. You you could invest, you know, think about, especially if you play the lottery a lot, you know, how much money, if you would have uh, just kept all that money, could, could you invest? You start and you say, well, it doesn't matter. It's just a little bit. Yeah, but over 20, 30 years, you know, you make a habit of small amounts, you'll be surprised at uh, what happens there. Uh, Lottery winners don't do too well, and one of the reasons is everybody asks them for money. That's one of the things that that happens very, very quickly, is suddenly everybody is your friend or they're not your friend because you're not going to give everybody the money. You know, for me, if I ever won the lottery or came into some huge amount of money, I hope I could keep it a secret. And in California, the rule is that they have to publish the name. So whoever won this, you're going to hear that person's name at some point. I think that's a bummer. I would much rather have it and not tell a soul. Like, don't tell anybody. You go get yourself an attorney and you make sure that you deal with it properly. You can give it away anonymously. You can do a whole lot to not draw attention to yourself. You know, don't 
don't move. You can be like uh, like Jackie a moment ago. Buy a house. You know, there's some things you ought to do. You know, some really good things to do. But uh, once you've done those things, don't draw attention to yourself. You know, uh, keep it on the down low and be an incredibly generous person. You know, go pay off other people's houses. Go do things that really change the course of life for people. Invest in, you know, in tutors for students who need help. You know, to go find some things to do that you can also do in the name of Christ. And you don't have to say you're the benefactor. You can say, I have, I represent a benefactor who wants to do these things. Now, there, there are some ways to do it that if you ever, because we're not, you know, in the lottery, they got to publish your name. But sometimes, like I said, sometimes people just get big inheritances or things happen. Uh, if you do it all for yourself, you're going to mess things up. If it's all for yourself, you're going to find out that it's rough. Uh, everyone asks you for money. You become a target, right? People, uh, a couple of lottery winners have been murdered, right? There was uh, a woman and uh, who wanted to write a book. She claimed that she was going to write a book about the lottery winner, and she murdered him because she wanted to steal the money. It was all a scam, Right, you gotta be. You gotta be careful. Your relationships will change. You're gonna have problems with with guilt. Am I giving away enough? I mean, you can't take it with you. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and it does change people. And you don't want to be you don't want to be changed. You know, by that kind of thing. Most people changes them for the worse. Maybe it'll change you for the better. You become a generous person, right? There, there's some things. But your hope is in Christ. Your hope is never in the money. It's never in the lottery. I think that's why that happens to people is they think, oh, I've made it now and I'm somebody, I've got something going on because I won or have all this money. And you find that it isn't. Johnny Carson once said that the only thing having money does is it gets you to a place in life where you don't have to worry about having money. And that, and that's it. Uh, Johnny Carson, by the way, was one of the most generous people uh, in this town. And most people didn't know that till he died. Speaking of doing that in private, uh, he was by far one of the most, if not the most, uh, generous uh, person. He gave away a lot. Uh, it is an incredible thing. Um, but uh, you make sure that your your purposes is with the Lord. Make sure that your goal is to realize that money doesn't make you who you are. Your relationship with Christ makes you who you are. W.C. Fields, he said, a rich man is nothing but a poor man with money. So you, you're, you're still a poor man spiritually or a poor woman spiritually. You need Jesus, whether you got money or not. And if you got him, you got eternal life and an eternal reward. You don't need it. You just need faith in Christ. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back. We'll keep doing Open Line Friday. We will talk about uh, Chino Valley School Board and a decision that was made there that is important for our whole state. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.